Welcome to 30 for 30 Plus. My name is Jody Avergan. This is where we take a pause from our usual seasons of original audio documentaries to talk to some of the filmmakers behind our recent 30 for 30 films. Our next season of audio documentaries, by the way, is coming this fall. But on today's show, a truly remarkable story of perseverance and medical miracles. This is my story. It has taken me 11 years to finally be ready to share it. Victoria Arlen is known for her work as an ESPN reporter and her semifinal finish on Dancing with the Stars in 2017. But not that long ago, Victoria and her family couldn't imagine her ever walking, standing, or even speaking. She wasn't verbal. She couldn't do anything. It was just tough. I didn't want her to go through that. Locked In is the title of the new 30 for 30 short film about Victoria. It takes that title from the syndrome that left her incapacitated after coming out of a three-year vegetative state. The film documents her odyssey from young Olympic hopeful to paraplegic and all the way back to Paralympic gold medalist in 2012. And I just looked and I saw my family. This was a collective fight that got us here. The film is directed by Allison Elwood, who has worked on films about the band The Eagles and The Fall of Enron. Allison, thanks for taking the time to chat about Locked In, and congratulations on this new film. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. So, you know, this film really takes a a big journey, and it ends in a very different place where it begins, and we'll talk about that journey and so forth. But let's start a little bit with this notion of Locked In and this Locked In syndrome. Can you just try and describe what life was like locked in in this way um wow it's i mean it's it, i guess it's really just imagine your mind being awake inside a body that's asleep i couldn't even move my eyes i was locked in with no voice to tell anyone that i'm still here victoria describes staring at the ceiling for long periods of time and, you know, imagining the different things that you can start seeing in that ceiling when you stare at it long enough. She had no control of where her eyes would be looking. She couldn't make eye contact with any of her family members to tell them that she was there and she was awake inside. Within that state, you know, there's this really interesting dichotomy between to the outside world, Victoria kind of looks the same there isn't much change but victoria seems to be undergoing a lot of different stages of this of and levels of locked inness throughout uh did you think about that kind of divide between the inside and the outside world that she was experiencing yeah i mean that's one of the things where because she grew up on the lake and she was such a strong swimmer and water was such a big part of her life always one of the things that she described to me repeatedly is that she would go places in her mind that she would mind travel when things got really bad I would take myself back to the lake. But every time my mind would find peace, another seizure would interrupt it. So she would take herself back to the lake, and it would be a very peaceful place for her. But then when the seizures would come, it would be suddenly a very violent place. So we started playing with the metaphor of water, both as a place of peace and a place of of terror for her because mm-hmm. she was trapped and it, she repeatedly told me it felt constantly like she was drowning. 
This is obviously a sports story in that she becomes an incredibly accomplished athlete and early on in her life was was on a path to becoming an incredibly accomplished athlete. But I wonder if there's a connection between some of the lessons that she learned from sports when she was young and is there any sort of you know perseverance or will or or any of those things that really carried her through when she was locked in in this state for all those years? Well, she was always, even as a young girl, a very, very determined young girl. Even when she was very small, like five, six, when she first started realizing she had Olympic aspirations as a swimmer. When I was in kindergarten, I was asked to draw what I wanted to be when I grew up. Other kids drew themselves as firemen, police officers, and doctors. I drew myself as an Olympic swimmer with a sparkling big gold medal around my neck. So she was very determined, she's very competitive, she's very strong-willed, and I think that it was a mind over matter is what got her through it. And in addition to that, obviously, the undying love of her entire family who went through this journey with her as much as she did. Certainly her, her brothers, who are, who are remarkable forces and help her get through it, but I would also imagine that being one of four, the only girl, having three brothers who are constantly kind of like... It seemed like a rough and tumble kind of house. I mean, there must have been a sort of element of toughness that she learned from that, too. Sure. You know, she was always playing with her brothers, would always keep up with them. Cam jokes that they had to keep up with her. We were trying to keep up with her. (laughs) You know, she was doing tons of sports and swimming, competing and all that. Of all the sports, swimming was always my favorite. I was winning almost every race I was in. But then I started getting sick. So I'm wondering if you can just give us a basic description of Victoria's illness. I mean, we've talked a lot about her her state, but what, what actually was going on? At 11 years old, Victoria was struck with two very rare neurological diseases that are unique in and of themselves, but extremely unique to both happen simultaneously. And one of the diseases struck her spine and the other struck her brain. So the combination of the two was was really pretty devastating to her and made it very difficult for the doctors to trace. She went from never being sick to every two months we were in the doctor's office for something. I was having fainting spells. I was getting the flu. I remember my right foot dragging and I had a really bad pain on my right side. Everywhere we went, they'd do tests and they just couldn't pinpoint anything. And all of a sudden, Victoria was screaming that her head was killing her. Next thing we know, she's not walking. And then it was all downhill from there. Do you think there ever was a point where any of the family members gave up? I think the boys had a harder time. I think LJ, the older brother, he does describe that when they brought her back for that one Christmas and he was feeling like they brought her back just to say goodbye. The hospital gave her back knowing that there's nothing they could do. Merry Christmas. I couldn't watch her suffering like that. (laughs) It was just tough. Why could it be me? And every day I just... I didn't want her to go through that. On Christmas Day night, they basically sent her home to say goodbye to us because she was going back there to die. I mean, we're talking years on end. And, you know, years of doctors saying there's no hope here, nothing's going to change. And, and all the while not knowing what was causing this. It, was, it, it must have just been so terrifying. But they didn't hold on to the fear, they held on to the love. 
You use that word hope. I mean, I thought about that word a ton while watching this. Did you walk away with any sort of lesson about hope? I mean, is the lesson here never give up hope if no matter how hopeless a situation seems? Or is there some other balance between hope and, and realism in the way that you're describing that we should take away from this? That's a tough thing to answer because I think... I, I mean, of course I thought about hope all the way through making this because it, it is a story about hope, ultimately. I, I would say the one word that trumps that in this would be love. It's a story more about love than anything, but hope plays a part in that, and they just simply refused to give up the love and held on to the hope. And I think that I might be slightly more realistic in my approach to things as a person, but you know, at the same time, if it was my kid, I'd hope that I would have that courage to hold on to that hope. After the break, with her family unaware of her consciousness, Victoria finds an unlikely connection to the outside world and begins her remarkable journey to recovery. Finally, we found a neurologist that said, okay, what do I have to do to help this little girl? And that was when we got the transverse myelitis diagnosis. The treatment for ADEM and transverse myelitis is first steroids and other medications to stop the inflammation. Maybe it was the steroids. We'll never know for sure. But suddenly, my brain woke up. But I was locked in. It was like being trapped underwater trying to reach the surface where my family was. Let's talk a little bit more about Victoria's experience being locked in, and then we'll talk about her coming out of that and, and the amazing things she's accomplished since. But it's, it's remarkable that she's able to not just have this interior life, as you were describing, but also keep up on the exterior world throughout much of her time locked in. I mean, how did she, how did she do that, and what was your sense of that experience? I loved that she said that Good Morning America was how she kept track of time and kept, kept track of current events. Each day, my mom turned on Good Morning America. Good Morning America, Diane. Sorry, with Robin Roberts on this Wednesday, March 25th, 2009. My girls, Robin Roberts and Diane Sawyer, helped me keep track of time and what was happening in the world. The other thing is that that was how she realized she'd been trapped it because she was locked in for part of it but she was also in a vegetative state prior to that and three years basically went by without her having any idea she went from 11 to well, 12 basically to 15 with no memory whatsoever and so she was listening to the she was in the hospital she woke up and suddenly she hears it was good morning america and saying it's 2009 and she's like well, wait a minute 2009 last i knew it was 2005 or six whatever it was what what's going on here that it was that that was how she realized that she'd been you know basically asleep for so long when victoria finally starts to come out of this one of the most amazing things is as quickly as she descended into this state from a healthy young child she really seems to come out of it at least initially really quickly as well Yes, that's true. I mean, they gave her Ambien because she wasn't sleeping. Some, For some reason, whatever chemicals are in the Ambien, it stopped the seizures. She began to be able to heal a little bit because her body wasn't being ravaged every 20 minutes. So little things like 
she was able to start gaining control of her eyes. And that's ultimately how she made eye contact with her mother. And thus her mother realized she was actually there and she could communicate by blinking. Victoria, if you're in there, can you please, can you blink? It took all my strength just to blink. We were actually communicating with each other. Finally, I was able to reach the surface and take a deep breath. And then can you just describe, you know, after she emerges and is still paralyzed, that would be a remarkable end to this journey right there. But it continues and goes to just kind of stunning heights. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty remarkable. Um, she was paralyzed and they first, they got her back on the ice because she, they, they, they were a very athletic family always. And she loved this, you know, the, the ice sledding. And so that was helpful to her. And she started to really exercise her arms. My love of sports was a huge motivator in my healing process. Larry, stop! She's in the middle of the ice, just smiling from ear to ear. But she was terrified of the water. We knew she was a swimmer and we knew she could swim and, and she just never would do it. She was too scared of the water. And finally, my brother and I, my mom was inside, wasn't looking. We decided to throw her in the water. I was completely traumatized, but they ultimately kind of got me over that fear. From that day on, she always wanted to go in the pool. It was like having Victoria back, and that's when it really set in that she's back. Then she realized that that was a place where she truly did feel safe, and and she just started building her strength. And then she just said, you know what? I'm going back to my original dream. I'm not, uh, you know, just because I'm in a wheelchair doesn't mean I can't live out my life the way I dreamt of it. And she starts practicing and practicing and then starts getting stronger and stronger and stronger as a swimmer. And next thing you know, she's on the Paralympic team. And there is this moment, which I think often comes up around Paralympics, but there is this moment where there's a question about her level of disability. And I wonder, you know, if this teaches us any larger lessons about where that line is and how the Paralympics make these calls about who qualifies and who doesn't. <laughs> I could actually talk a lot about that, but I think <laughs> Please that, do. That it's, well, you know what, it's such a political issue. What we don't get into in the film is that she was later disqualified from the team, you know, simply because she had been told that, that there was a possibility of her being able to walk one day. And based on that, they said, you cannot be on the Paralympic team anymore. And one of her brothers described it. It's like someone who has cancer and, and you say, you know what, you might beat that one day. So technically you don't really have cancer. And it's like crazy. So they kicked her off the team. And, you know, it's an element we don't get into in the story, but it was like this poor kid, every time she gets knocked down, she gets back up and refuses to give up, fights her way yeah. through and then gets struck down again. However, I think because of that, she then poured every ounce of her energy and hopes into walking again one day. Victoria's story is pretty well known, but I, I mean, I, for instance, didn't know the, the scope of it and had this experience of just as she's progressing and uh, more and more accomplishments come her way. And it's just remarkable. Can you just give us the sum total of remarkable things she's accomplished just so we kind of have a real understanding of this? Well, she goes from being, you know, locked in to 
finally getting out from, you know, freeing her mind and then her body from this incredible trauma that she'd been through with these two diseases to learning to swim again, going to the Paralympics, winning three silver medals, one gold medal, and then that's not enough. She still has to keep pushing herself. She learns to walk again and then to continue to go on from there to work for ESPN and dancing with the stars and <laughs> if you were to write it in a feature film i'm not sure you'd believe it <laughs> but truth is stranger than fiction early in the film we learn that one of her dreams i think it was in kindergarten she drew a, a picture saying i'm gonna be in the olympics someday and and win a medal do you think if she had not experienced this, she would have won a medal in in the olympics knowing victoria the way i do yeah <laughs> i do think she would have won won a gold medal the motto that has gotten me through this entire ordeal is face it, <laughs> embrace it, defy it, and conquer it. Allison Elwood, thank you so much. And the new film is locked in and everyone should go check it out. It's really kind of a special little film. So thank you so much. Thanks, Jody. It was great. Allison Elwood is the director of the new 30 for 30 short, Locked In. It's available now on our new streaming service, ESPN Plus, which you can find in the ESPN app. Check it out. This episode was produced by Vin D'Anton with Ryan Nantel and mixed by Meredith Hodinot. We had help from Paul Williard, Jennifer Thorpe, and Isis Madrid. My name is Jody Avergan. Thanks for listening. Once again, our new season of original documentaries is coming this fall. In the meantime, we'll be back soon with more bonus episodes of 30 for 30 Plus.